Welcome to the Time of Your Life, brought to you by the Seniors Association Kingston Region. This is your program talking about everything under the sun for seniors, from health and lifestyle to entertainment, travel, and much, much more. You're listening to the Time of Your Life on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Elizabeth McDonald for Time of Your Life, and I'm here today with Dr. Joy Hatley, who has a family practice, works in emergency, and anesthesiology. And we're going to be talking about seniors' recreational use of marijuana. Now, Dr. Hatley, since marijuana has been legalized in Canada, so much has been written and talked about the impact of marijuana on young people. And there are lots of stories, many of us have heard from our friends, stories about the medicinal effect of marijuana on seniors. But nobody's really talking about seniors using marijuana in a social or recreational way. Lots of seniors drink alcohol. No problem there. No stigma in drinking alcohol. But I'm wondering, how, how do they compare uh, physiologically, emotionally, the impact on the body and the mind and, uh, and, and the heart? How does uh, consuming alcohol and consuming marijuana recreationally how are they similar? How are they different? Yeah. Uh, it is a very relevant and interesting question, Elizabeth. I have to say that um, when you're looking at marijuana, it's actually a myriad of compounds um, so that it's difficult to directly compare marijuana as one compound uh, to alcohol. Alcohol is a single compound. You may get it in different strengths, in different drinks, uh, and by and large, there's only one mechanism of consuming alcohol, which is drinking it. If we look at marijuana, we have compounds that have varying amounts of the two major ingredients, which we know to be THC. That's classically the one that causes the euphoria and uh, potentially the psychosis. And then there's CBD, which is a little bit more the calming agent, which might help with anxiety, sleep, pain. So you can have those two compounds in any marijuana product in varying amounts. So you get a very different effect if you use a marijuana com compound with a lot of THC as opposed to a lot of CBD. So you can see when we talk about marijuana as opposed to alcohol, we're not really talking about one drug. We're talking about many drugs. Now, some seniors will have the memory, the experience of having consumed marijuana uh, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, when they were young adults, perhaps not uh, more recently. What's happened to marijuana itself over those decades? Yeah, such a relevant question. So back in the day, marijuana was largely inhaled or smoked, and the content of the product itself, the THC in the product, was a much lower percentage than we're seeing today. I think everybody's heard about BC Bud. It's world famous, and it's known to have one of the highest THC contents of all marijuana products known to North America. So if one were to have, say, had a joint back in the day, maybe were lucky enough to be at Woodstock and enjoying themselves, if they tried to consume the same amount of marijuana, so to have the same number of tokes, they would find that it had a significantly increased impact on their physiology. Uh, 
Not to mention the fact that potentially 30 or 40 or maybe even 50 years have passed and their body will not metabolize the drug as quickly as it did in the past. So the drug might hang around longer and be in their system at a higher level than it would have been back in the day when they're in their 20s and 30s. So they might be surprised at the change in effect it has on them all these years later. I would like to talk a bit about the impact of the aging body. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's look at the, the two primary ways of consuming marijuana. So in, a, in an older person who chooses to inhale, mm-hmm. uh, they're inhaling into older lungs, mm-hmm. into an older respiratory system. Uh, how does that affect the experience of the marijuana if, if um, uh, is, is an older body uh, able to inhale as much? Or just just what, uh, what happens the older we get to our capacity to inhale and therefore the experience of, of uh, marijuana if we're inhaling it? Right. I, I can't say that I know precisely how much the aging physiology of the lung affects the uptake of the marijuana. I will say that early evidence and experience doesn't seem to make that a major factor. If you're able to breathe in, you can get it into your system. These people are clearly still absorbing oxygen quite uh, adeptly through their lung surface, and similarly, other compounds will go across. So the more relevant um, factor is what happens after the compound gets into your bloodstream. So we know with seniors that their enzymes do not work as quickly as when they were young. So once the compound is taken up into the system, it will take longer to break it down into its metabolites and to excrete it and get it out of their system. The other thing that's very relevant for seniors is seniors on average are on far more medications than young people. And those medications are actively competing for the pathways that break down marijuana as well. Again, functioning to slow up the metabolism of the marijuana and increase the time frame and potentially the concentration in the person's bloodstream. So if you're on medication, absolutely pay attention to the potential uh, effect. That is absolutely true. I would say that any senior who's interested in becoming involved with uh, recreational marijuana needs to start ridiculously small doses Mm -hmm. and see how they do with it and then slowly build up to the effect that they're desiring or to the point where the side effects just make it not worthwhile to, to engage or to use a higher dose. Okay, so we've talked about inhaling. What about edibles? Mm-hmm. What about eating marijuana? How, uh, how does that, how does your system absorb? So edibles makes it, again, more complicated. I already pointed out that alcohol is one drug, but marijuana is many drugs. Alcohol is we drink alcohol. We don't really consume it in any other way. Whereas marijuana, you can inhale it, you can ingest it, and you can also use a topical. Mm. So several ways to get it into our system. And each of these ways um, 
acts completely differently. So when you inhale, you get a relatively quick uptake into your system, and within minutes, you'll start to feel an effect. If you're going to eat it, it takes, depending on your digestive system, anywhere from two to four hours to get an effect. So in essence, what happens is people who are in a recreational setting, they're socializing and decide to eat a gummy or have a drink or potentially a piece of a chocolate bar that has a cannabis product in it, will not notice an effect for hours. And what this has led people to do is take more than they really ought to. So if you have a gummy and you wait 20 minutes and you're no different than you were, you're likely to have a second gummy and maybe a third. And hours later, potentially already back in your own home, you may start to feel the effects. And so we're hearing more and more stories of people who are surprised or potentially distressed by the effect of the marijuana several hours later after they had anticipated enjoying the, uh, the cannabis product. So you've, you've helped us understand that if you inhale, the impact is quicker. If you ingest, it's a slower process. What about how long the marijuana stays in your system? How long are you going to feel the effect? Yeah, such an important question. And and this is relevant because it speaks to when you should do things like driving after consumption. So generally speaking, if you inhale, you're going to feel an onset within minutes and four to six hours until you can comfortably think that it's out of your system and you can drive a car again or, um, you know, carve a turkey again, you really ought to be careful. Whereas with the edibles, they may not even kick in for two to four hours. And then we're saying 10 to 12 hours until you can feel confident that it's out of your system. But one has to remember if you're on multiple medications, these timeframes can be lengthened yet again. And this is relevant in seniors. So I think the wisest way to proceed is if you're interested in recreational marijuana, you start small Clear your schedule the first day. Don't plan to go anywhere or do anything and see how it affects your system. And probably prudent to also have a buddy who's not using, who can reflect back to you how you're functioning, how's your balance, how's your cognitive process, have you really recovered from what you used, and are you safe to continue your regular activities again? You're saying something here very important, and I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, the how how important is it that we tell each other if we're going to be using marijuana recreationally? Now we may be in a group setting, it may mm-hmm. be a shared experience mm-hmm. to begin with, but we are talking about something that still has a bit of stigma, mm-hmm. and there may be people who want to experiment but may be shy or even embarrassed about letting anybody know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, from what you're saying, it sounds to me as if it might be very prudent uh, to let s- at least somebody, if yeah. not the whole world, know what you're up to. Yeah, I I think that's wise. The concept of the designated driver has certainly um, gained traction with alcohol. Uh, Someone who's vigilant, has the capacity to keep everyone safe. So I think in the early days of engaging in recreational marijuana, it's not really wise to do this alone in your own space. 
Um, we've heard stories about people who have done this and ended up with medical emergencies. So yeah, it makes sense to me if you're going to start that you start and set yourself up for, uh, for any contingency or emergency that could unfold. So start small, have a friend who's not using, have someone who's going to check in with you and make sure you're okay. There's lots of time, you know, you can always change up how you use it the next time or use a little more next time. But the worst case scenario is if you overuse and get yourself into trouble. Now, there's not a lot being uh, talked about in the media about seniors using marijuana, except for medicinal purposes. I'm wondering if, uh, as, as a healthcare professional, are you seeing and uh, in the journals that you read, is, is is the research community interested in uh, what seniors are doing in terms of marijuana? Well, I think we're all busy trying to figure out the medicinal uses of marijuana. Uh, there's a real lack of good evidence in terms of what marijuana does help with. And again, it's multiple products. So, you know, which of the cannabis products works for which healthcare problem where should we not use it at all? We're so busy trying to figure those things out that I don't think we've really stopped to think about pure recreational use in the different cohorts. Certainly we're looking at it in teens because it's a bigger issue in teens, both what are the long-term consequences and the short-term consequences. But in the seniors, that's not hitting our radar as much. Uh, but but certainly should, you know, uh, it's, it's certainly a point of interest. I think we anticipate that seniors will be more cautious potentially than our teenagers. We all remember that sense of invincibility that one has as a teenager and the impulsive nature of being a teenager. So I think more of our effort is being put into the younger cohort. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout what you've been saying, I've heard it over and over, start low, go slow. Yes, I, I think that has to be the approach. Uh, it's interesting as an emergency physician in the first week of the legalization of cannabis, we had all sorts of cannabis-related emergencies to, uh, to people making themselves marijuana smoothies and injuring their fingers in blenders to uh, people using, smoking a joint uh, no more than they had back in the 50s and ending up in emergency with chest pain, anxiety some with hallucinations. So it just speaks to the fact that this is not the benign compound that it's sometimes toted as being. This is a a, a chemical with some good punch behind it and needs to be used with respect and caution. Dr. Joy Hatley, thank you so very much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. I'm Elizabeth McDonald for Time of Your Life. You have been listening to The Time of Your Life, presented by the Seniors Association Kingston Region on CFRC 101.9 FM. For 40 years now, the association has been keeping seniors busy with scores of programs and activities at the Senior Center on Francis Street. 
If you have any comments, suggestions, or story ideas, or if you'd like to volunteer, contact the Senior Center at 613-548-7810. The Time of Your Life is produced for CFRC 101.9 FM by volunteers on behalf of the Seniors Association, Kingston Region.